37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. everybody and welcome back to pixelated paranormal episode 112 star people part two and for now what preston is calling life the universe shit i forgot my towel but i bought a petrified heart whoa yeah yeah that's deep (laughs) yeah might be shortened a little bit by the time we we actually post but uh there's that yeah, so here we are, and you ha- you have a record, Preston, right now for a uh, two, possibly three-part episode of the fastest follow-up episode <laughs> compared <laughs> to Thieves in the Night. So, yeah, it's, good it's all good. I mean, this might end up being a three-parter because um, the three stories that, I, that I, I chose to talk about tonight, they tie in really well with one another. But uh, there's a whole bunch of like Roswell and like Army Indian stories that I haven't even touched the surface on. Yeah. So, you know, if after tonight you guys are still into it, fuck it. Let's do part three, uh, two episodes down the road. So we'll take a break next episode, do some different shit, and then do uh, the, you know, not Thieves in the Night, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Star People Encounters part three. So. All right, well, I think at the top, we ought to start with a shout-out, and I want to give a big shout-out to listener Headset Jones, because we just got another review on iTunes. Headset Jones says, dope! Sup, y'all? Been catching up on new shows, and I'm digging what what y'all are putting out. Five pentagrams out of five pentagrams. <laughs> Tim. He finishes up the old Tim. That's awesome. So yeah, appreciate it, dude. Another five out of five. So if you guys want to shoot us a rating or a review or both on iTunes, we sure would appreciate it. We've had yeah. a, a lot of great things said so far about the show. So Just be careful with the word pentagrams around Sean because he starts to get kind of antsy around mm-hmm. pentagrams. So. As long as I ain't got a step in it, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, hey, hell, next, let's just jump into it. Steve, you had an awesome, awesome night last Thursday night. Why don't you tell us all about it? Yeah. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> so as everybody knows, I'm a massive Pennywise fan, and I have a Pennywise costume, and I just recently got some new additions to it, which is a professional wig and uh, uh, these like awesome latex gloves. So yeah. uh, my girlfriend did the makeup for it. It fucking turned out amazing. So fucking good. Uh, I walk up into AMC and they were like just <laughs> fucking blown away. I came there previously, uh, tried, get, tried to get hold of this manager for like two weeks. Finally, the day before the show, I just went in there. I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask whoever's on, whoever's a manager on duty. I got there, asked the manager if it's on duty. He said, oh, yeah, it's no problem. We got an email saying, yeah, it's fine, like, uh, as long as there's no masks, but face paint's fine, because it's a clown movie. So I do the whole thing. I walk up in there, and then this lady's like, oh, here he is. Oh, let's hope this goes okay. And then I'm like, what? And then they point to a sign on the podium, and it says, no makeup, no costumes of any kind, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like, I came here yesterday. He said this email said it was okay. Then this new manager said, well, that that I don't know who told you that, but let me give them a call and blah, blah, blah. And then it was 
pretty much just bull, just bullshit. Like there was there was no email to like I said, can I see the email? Can you see the email saying this? And he's like, no, I don't know where that email's at. Blah blah. blah. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I reasoned with them. I said, hey, like, I can leave my ID with you. You know where I'm sitting. Like I, I mean, so I was just in the lobby and taking pictures of people, and they 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 let that they let that go, which is really cool. And it was just really dope. Like I, I took at least over a hundred pictures easily. Yeah. Um, I couldn't see nothing cause I, I wasn't wearing my glasses. So <laughs> people, people would come up and stuff and I'd be like, yeah, you want a picture? Like, and then I kind of get a feel if they needed someone to hold their camera for them or not. And so my girlfriend did that and, uh, it was just fucking, it was fucking so surreal, man. I've never done like a costume like that before. And I'm definitely gonna do it again because the reaction was just so good. And yeah. I had like a couple people tell me they're like they're like man like it is the makeup is so good and like your physique since you're bigger and taller mixed with that big baggy clothing like that's way more intimidating than fucking five foot six or five foot five <laughs> five foot six fucking Bill Skarsgård like it's so good and I was like that makes me feel really good so yeah, and dude. uh I saw I saw quite a bit of friends there uh, you and Shayla were there. Brady and Brandy, yeah, yeah. like, uh, like just so many random people that were there. Uh, so did like, I know like Brandy or I'm sorry. Yeah. Brady and Brandy and I and Shayla, we all were in on it, but yeah. did like other people that you knew, like did Seth and, uh, Drew, do they recognize you? Do they know you were going to be there? Uh, well we're in this Snapchat group, me, Seth, like wow. a ton of us, like Kyle, Mike, it's so like we talk all day long and Seth's the type of guy where he doesn't give a fuck about social media or any of that shit. So he'll just like open it and be like, read like the last couple lines. He's like, huh. <laughs> like, so I don't yeah. think he saw me talking about it there, but, and he doesn't, he doesn't have Facebook. So I, and then Drew's kind of the same way. Like he just doesn't check his Facebook either. So I don't think either one of them knew, um, since I didn't have my glasses, <laughs> this is actually funny. You said that I didn't have my glasses, um, the whole time. And my girlfriend said, Hey, isn't, isn't that that t- real tall guy from from your friend Mike's party? And then I, and like I squinted. I'm like, I don't know. Give me my glasses. She put the glasses on me, and I was like, and there was like a glare from the window. And I was like, Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's him. And then he he comes, gets closer, and then sets or and then uh, Teal's like, Oh yeah, that that is that is that's him. And then and then uh, he's like, Oh. Steven? Like, I mean, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if he knew it was or not. And then finally, so I convinced both of them to get a picture of him and Drew. It was cool. Yeah. That's um, awesome. But yeah, like it, it was, it was, it was pretty crazy, man. It was very, very surreal. I, it was like a lot of fun. Um, well, and like the costume, everything, like the, the hands, like you got like the official like hands where the, the monster's busting out of the gloves. Mm hmm. It it looks all looks just so le- <clears throat> sorry I got tongue tied. It just all looks so legit and like yeah. when, and then when like Brady... the, the the pictures from my phone, like yeah. I have a Note Nine phone. It's a really good camera, but like if I had Sarah's camera, the DSLR, like it'd be done. Like when we when me and Brady do our pictures for Halloween, it's gonna be fucking legit, dude. Like we <laughs> got some property, um, that were that has like an old abandoned early like one room schoolhouse, like type thing. Like, dude, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fucking tight, (laughs) yeah. And it's fun, man. Like, uh, you know, a lot of people listen to the show. You know, you you guys probably know. Like, um, cosplay is like a bit a a big deal at comic cons and just cons in general, fucking paranormal cons. 
it's it's so liberating, dude. It's so, I'm not even gonna lie, like this might be a little too deep, but going from that extreme high on Thursday from all that positive energy and watching that yeah. movie and being so excited for chapter two and the next day was such a fucking drag, dude, because it was like oh, I was no. like I was like, that was so much fucking fun. Like that was so like just so positive. It's like I can only imagine like going to cons and I would love to do that. I would love to go as Pennywise at different conventions. Like I think that'd be yeah. so fun. Uh we're going to one me, Brady and Brandy and her friend her best friend are gonna go to uh this retro con, Retro Palooza in Texas, um, next month. And, like, I was like, man, it's really close to Halloween. Like, it'd be easy to get the materials. <laughs> but I was like, ah, I don't know. I'd rather just enjoy the enjoy the vacation, you know. But Halloween, it's going down, son. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Well, it's funny because, like, Shayla and I and Brandy and Brady, we went to dinner before the movie. And so, like, when Shayla and I pulled up, I just kept thinking in the back of my head, like, not that the costume was bad at all, but you know how people respond to that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, you you were like, blown away. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, please just let him have gotten, like, maybe four or five photos. That's exactly what just, I told Teal. I said, dude, I was like, I'm yeah. a, I, I was like, I just, I bet I'm just going to be up here, you know, doing this for myself, not giving a fuck. And like, people are going to be like, oh, you know, like, go look at this loser. Like, no, everybody there. Even people, like, there's this, like, real, I don't want to label somebody, like, uh, I mean, really country going like homeschooled almost Amish type <laughs> couple and they were going to see that there's that dog's journey with uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean that movie and they're going to see that and like and then I already heard them previously talking about they're going to see and they're getting hyped up and they're like they're like do you think we could get a picture with that clown over there? We could, we could, we could show Papa or something like this. Or like little kids <laughs> there with their grandma, and she was like, "Oh, okay. Uh, okay." And legit, dude, they pulled out. She pulled. She had her phone in her hand. It was a flip phone, but she pulled out an old school digital camera, like a Vivitar. Oh what? <laughs> yeah, wow. it was so weird. She took the picture, <laughs> and then and and then I was like, "Are you guys gonna go see the clown movie?" And they're like, uh, "We're gonna go see a movie about a dog." I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> have fun!" <laughs> like, <laughs> but it was so, it was so funny. But yeah, it was That's just, so it was awesome. just crazy. And then I remember when, because I had to, I called Brady and Brady, and I said, "Hey, you guys need to hurry the fuck up and get in here because the movie's about to start, and I got to go. They're not gonna let me t- have the costume on." And they're like, "What?" So they ran in. And I was like, well, "Sean Shayla missed out." And then like, and then you guys were walking in, and I looked at your, I could, I had my glass at that point, and I seen your face. You were like. It turned out way better than what, because yeah. the only other time I've done this is when you did the makeup on my on my face at Rob's, and I was telling everybody, I was like, oh yeah, Sean just like got his hands and <laughs> like put it on there, and like we did it the best we could with it for a shitty rainy night. We just wanted to do it, and uh, it still turned out cool. But I was like with makeup brushes, and um, right. the the red was done with this like twenty four hour. Um, uh, lipstick and sh- and then she has this like makeup powder to keep it fresh from sweating and like you know, all this crazy shit and right. like it was just so much more better but I remember seeing I'll never forget that you were like <laughs> like you did that wide eyes mouth open you were like holy shit <laughs> yeah cause I mean I was like I could see the look on your face that you were you looked not exhausted but like it looked like you've been through the shit yeah. and and then like even as we were walking up like that crowd of four people ran up and they're like can we get a photo you're like yeah cool and like another lady ran up and like another group ran up and I'm just like 
well, shit, that's three out of five I wanted right there. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, can we get a picture? You're like, yeah, no problem. And let's do it pretty quick, though, because, like, I got to get changed. They wouldn't let me sit in the theater like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. So, yeah, and you had to kind of, like, disrobe real quick yeah. and change. And, and I don't want the beginning to, for it to sound like I was bad mouth AMC. They... They, they ended up working with me in the end. And I understand why you don't want costumes in a the movie theater. It does make people uncomfortable, not because of the clown situation, just because of people doing acts of violence with costumes mm-hmm. and stuff in the past. And, you know, everybody goes to a movie to enjoy themselves and have fun. And, you know. So I mean, I, you've seen Scream 2, right? How yeah. that turned out to yeah. be a hitter. So. Yeah. Or Scary Movie 2, yeah. So, so at the same time, you know, I, I understand, like, I understand that. So I'm not bad mouth at AMC on that. Um, I do think that things need to be implemented, you know, like, uh, if you do enjoy doing this type of stuff, go to your local AMC or your local whatever theater and say, Hey, I don't even want to see the, I mean, I'm going to see the movie, but I don't need to see it in costume, but can I be out here for a couple hours and take pictures of people? Cause like, it's such a good thing for the community, like people of all ages and all genders we're coming up to me asking pictures and that's cool as shit. You're going there for an experience. Why yeah. not be like, I mean, they're going to remember that they're going to say, Oh, I remember right. when I went and saw it too. There's a dude, a big fat dude dressed up as a fat Pennywise. <laughs> like that's dope. And they're going to remember that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. that's, that's well, I'm what I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you what I'm going to remember is about an hour and a half in Shayla got up to go to the bathroom and I forgot that you couldn't wash your makeup off because it was like, professional <laughs> makeup. So, like, she gets up and you said something and I looked over. And he and I, see, I see a fucking, like, juggalo. Because <laughs> you're wearing, like, a yellow tank top and you got your glasses on. And you still have the Pennywise makeup on. So I looked over and I was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. That shit was so it Legitimately good. freaked me out because, you know, we're, we're about a third of the way into the movie. And we've already got to see, you know, Pennywise several times. And I'm like, what the? Yeah, and and oh, and all you know, we won't. The movie just came out, and we're not going to spoil nothing. But it, I loved it. The critics, professional critics, are slamming it for a lot of reasons, and mm-hmm. some of the things they're talking about, I do get. But at the same time, I like that kind of aspect. I like the Marvel aspect, and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, I mean the comedy within the serious writing. Right, right, right. And right. I, I like that shit in there exactly, and I like that because. The same time, the first the first chapter had it. I mean, I was laughing yeah. my ass off. It's not a scary movie. It's it's more of like a coming yeah. of age tale, like a buddy fucking tale, like Stand by Me shit. So you're right. getting you're getting that that banter and the character Richie jokes a lot. That's what that's who he is. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. so, but also with that, like the whole movie is just so good. Pennywise goes all out because he's trying to prove that he can, you know capture their fear and win and everything so so with right. that like he's drawing all stops and and for sean to jump like that of like looking over because <laughs> it's like <laughs> it kind of fits with the movie because it's like yeah he does anything he can to try to get get that fear win you know but right and i i heard some cool news and this this will probably not upset anybody for me to say this there's rumor of like the super cut yeah, to be released. I which think it's gonna be somewhere around like seven hours long. Yeah, yeah, because it'll yeah. From what I so what I've heard is, and this is what I've always thought what they were gonna do is at least for a double pack, put both movies together as like mm-hmm. one big long supercut. But then I got to thinking, I was like, man, the this movie's not a Marvel movie, so they're not as tight lipped with things. So right. all of the cast 
the the adults, the kids, and Bill Skarsgård himself have all talked about scenes that have not been anywhere in the movie or the deleted mm-hmm. scenes. Mm-hmm. So that's probably going to be super cut. And the reason, and I think that was the plan the whole time. Because, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because, I mean, because you know, how dope would it be to want to mimic the miniseries of how long right. that how long that is? You know that right, that right. type of thing. So I think it'd be dope. Well, and I mean, like, from what I read on bloodydisgusting.com is that the director himself came out and said, number one, I couldn't do everything I wanted to do in the movies because we do have time limits. And it mm-hmm. becomes very long and drawn out because the second movie alone is three hours long. And he wouldn't, I don't think he would have been able to do that without uh, the Marvel no, movie. No, because, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But what he said is, I have a director's cut of one. I will be doing a director's cut of two, and he's like, and the third project is I'm doing a supercut where I will be including deleted scenes not included. I will be including um, scenes never before filmed, and we'll be adding new scenes before the release. He says, I don't know when it's going to be put out, but I am putting out a supercut, and he said, you know, who knows how long this thing could be. <laughs> That's awesome. Which, yeah, which in my head, like, I know he's not going to chop it up into episodes, but I said, uh, my buddy Seth and I were talking, and I said, you know, the movies are great. I still would have loved if they would have done that, but done it episodically like a Stranger Things, because you could have got... Because, I mean, this movie, even with what we've seen so far, this is what, like, almost... Yeah. Shit, almost six hours worth of footage we've seen so far. Like, they've barely scratched the surface in a way. There's still plenty of stuff they left out. Yeah. And some stuff they kind of had to take liberties on because it wouldn't have made sense unless you read the book. Yeah, you know, and and to me, and it all goes down to this. I I don't care if they don't get everything out of the book. I'm not one of I'm not one of them type of people, especially when he tailored this to to different time settings, you know, 80s to present day. So I don't I don't I don't mind that too much. People people get hung up on that type of shit. Like, I don't know, man, I people might not like chapter two. But the thing is, I say is, is, is I say, you know. Yeah, fuck them for one thing. (laughs) But another thing is, is that we live in a world of a lot of shitty horror movies. And I'm not going to be one on here to fucking negative talk every single movie. I love music, movies, and video games. So I try to find joy in in, in anything in my favorite mediums. So with that, like, there's a lot of shit out there on horror. And for these movies, these movies aren't shit. They don't rely on the jump scares. They rely on the build-up, the pace the comedy like it's just it's a good fucking time like there's way worse shit you could go watch like yeah uh, you know what like even shit netflix has a huge run of solid movies the ritual i think we all three saw and all three you saw that right the ritual yeah i've seen that that's a fucking amazing he was the one that told me to watch it i think oh for real yeah (laughs) hell yeah yeah the ritual's great i don't know if you guys watched the babysitter is that what it was called yeah i watched that that was Uh, great campy that was fun yeah and then um, on Shutter, I know not everybody has access to that as much as they do Netflix, but they have one called The Summer of 84, which is a homage to just 80s slasher type shit, and it's fucking great too. That's awesome. And those are those are three movies you're not going to see on the big screen. They're kind of indie-ish movies, and they're all three great horror. Hell yeah, dude. So I want to give another shout-out real quick to Chauncey, because Chauncey sent in a story... Uh, a few days ago about our least favorite cryptid, the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I think he said, we're not going to be making a messy in this Nessie. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay, Pixelated this... paranormal sex dolls. Yeah. <laughs> Where you can make a messy in our Nessie. Right. <laughs> he loves so, it. So <laughs> okay, what what's interesting though about this is this article says that currently researchers in New Zealand are trying to catalog every living species in the lock by extracting DNA taken from water samples. So it's kind of a really cool project. They're basically doing like environmental analysis of the water. And through that, they can tell the DNA of pretty much everything in that water. And so what they're saying right now is they're not finding any unidentifiable DNA. So they actually are going to be as bold as to say the Loch Ness Monster might just be a giant species of eel. As opposed to a prehistoric creature. And I think that's actually pretty fascinating in a way, um, you know, I don't want that to be the truth myself. I don't mm-hmm. know how you guys feel about it, but I definitely don't want that. I, I would hate to see that the uh, the Loch Ness Monster was a giant eel, and then I think that takes the magic out of it in a way, you know? So what What if the Loch Ness Monster just had the DNA of an eel? Right? <laughs> a gorilla? Yeah, I mean, maybe I mean, so. It could be. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But I mean, it's it's still. You, listen, it, Sean. You want to believe. I do believe. That's you. You do believe, and you want to believe. You want the magic there. So, yeah. But hey, so if it, fuck if it's Chauncey. A new of... Fuck the eels. <laughs> no, fuck the New Zealand. Fuck the New Zealand, <laughs> New Zealand kiwis. <laughs> but if it's a, if it's a new species of eel, just think that's like a whole new range of sushi that we can have. Hey, that is true. It's true. And in England, and I think parts of Ireland, they make a jellied eel. Yeah, so Basically. I mean, it's like a fucking win-win all the way around. Yes. Oh man, eels so creep is, me the fuck out. What does that do to us as paranormal nerds and science and everything? If what if we discovered that the Loch Ness monster was a big eel, and then we we found out that Sasquatch was just a giant unidentified ape, like a primate? What does that does that take the magic out of it, or does it, I no? Because no. it proves that they were fucking real. Like, yeah. so what? It's a giant eel, you motherfuckers. At least it was around. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's all massive. those nerds were right, so it's still cool. And and if it's just a giant fucking hairy ape running around, that's still dope. Like, it's yeah. creepy. But I don't think yeah. it's a giant ape. I just think it's some, some like creepy ass homeless dude. It's been running yeah. around, <laughs> running around since Woodstock, <laughs> the first Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it does make a little bit of sense, too, because not a lot of people have ever, have ever seen Nessie's body. They've only ever seen a bit of an arced back and, of course, the serpentine-style neck and face that comes out, neck and head. So what the scientists are saying is our data doesn't reveal their size, but the sheer quantity of the material says we can't discount the possibility there may be giant eels in the lock. Therefore, we can't discount the possibility that what people see and believe to be the Loch Ness Monster may indeed just be a giant eel. Mm. So, I don't know. I think that's a good point. It proves that it was real. All these fishermen, all these you know witnesses, all these people were not wrong. I, that is kind of nice. That in itself is kind of magical, yeah. I guess. Good point. There you go, dog. <sighs> well, in other famous sightings of things you don't see every day. I think it's been long enough, so I don't sound like a hip little teenager. Did anybody here watch the VMAs? Nope. Mm-mm. Okay. I I got goosebumps when I saw it. I didn't see it till the next day, but I told y'all, Missy Elliott was coming out with new music, mm-hmm. and she came out and dropped one of the best performances in VMA history on the Video Music Awards on MTV. Did you guys see that shit? Uh, I watched no. the new video. It was fucking awesome. Oh, 
dude. So she comes out and does pretty much like a uh, Missy through the ages. It was like a six or seven minute long performance. She comes out and in true Missy Elliott style, it's just, it's a fucking production. And I'm going to be as bold as to say it's probably better than, I don't know, the last 15 years worth of Super Bowl halftime shows to date. So you said but, that. Yeah. I love Gaga's man. She killed it. <sighs> well, that's true. You know who trumped Gaga? Katy Perry in 2015. You know why? Because Missy Elliott was on it. <laughs> so you're not going to count the time that Madonna popped the tit out on the national television that during the Super Bowl? That was not Madonna. That was uh, Bruh, Jackson. Mandela effect, dude. He's got it. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I knew it was Madonna's titty. It was cone-shaped. Oh, shit. That's funny. That's really funny. Well, like, she came out, performed one of her new songs first, and then it was just production after production, quick set changes, quick, quick costume changes, and she performed, like, all of her hits back to back to back. And then the part that I thought was the freaking coolest, man, is I forget what song it was, but the set changes quickly into a cornfield. And Missy's dressed up like a scarecrow, and there's people out there dancing in the cornfield and shit like that. And this fucking massive UFO just comes up over the crowd, all the way up over the stage. And while she's singing, it's literally abducting people off the stage. Like, they're on wires or whatever, just getting sucked up into this fucking UFO. It was amazing, dude. So the question is... A, did you get a chubby? And B, do you have a chubby right now describing your chubby? <laughs> I was sporting half a chubby when I watched it, and I'm doing well to uh, contain myself right now. But uh, yeah, it was cool, man. It was just so, so rad just Sean's to see her. Sean's chubbing. <laughs> that sounds cool awesome. To I'm about to, to look that up. Yeah, you got to, man. Just look it up. It should be about a six or seven minute yeah, the, long video. The, yeah, the music video, that, like, it's there's so much like costume and set design work into that to like match the yep. colors and they're all dancing well and like that's that's her thing like she still got it man like she's fluctuating yeah, in weight she, quite a bit she looks really good she's yep. killing the dance moves still the creativity man like dude she's yeah, back dude it, it so was tight. really it was cool to see and the thing is too like i know we're not a music podcast but watching the performance <laughs> right. it was minimal lip syncing from what i could tell yeah. like she was actually rapping and singing on her own which is really pretty rad yeah. still you know she's it is. i think she won like the vanguard award or something like That's that tight. Night, but but yeah it it's reminded a... me a lot of the the london olympics from 2012 that uh, preston and, and i and and Rob talked about with this giant UFO being incorporated into their opening yeah. ceremony that was just so fucking bizarre. But yeah, everybody's got to check it out, man. And Even it's if cool. You don't like, yeah, and but, yeah. and Missy Elliott is awesome. Like she, you know, there's a resurgence right now of uh, female entertainers, and you know, with the, the whether you like Cardi B or not, she's brought out this whole new wave of of shit, and mm-hmm. it's cool to see like. Missy get back in there and be like, yo, this is like a perfect time for me to come back and show these bitches what's up. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's true, man. That's true. And then, you know, what's cool is she does embrace, she embraces the current artists and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Too, yeah. She's not going to let you forget. Yeah. You know, who, who helped pave that way. But. Exactly. Yep. Well, cool. let me give you one more story. That way we don't end on, you know, just Missy Elliott talk, even though I'm happy on that. Okay. So recently it came out that these two hunters, had a close encounter of potentially the fourth kind in Taos, Mexico. And I just got through watching the Missing 411 Hunters uh, documentary. I've got the book. Did you guys watch that yet? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, well, we talked about it a lot, except for this time around, Missing 411 is discussing the mass um, disappearance of hunters, unexplained phenomenon of hunters just disappearing. And this may indeed be a close encounter of that phenomenon, too. 
But I'll kind of give you a summary here because we are running long already. In Taos, Mexico, Josh Brinkley and Daniel Lucero, uh, no relation, Steve, to the guy we know. Right. I was um, say, uh. <laughs> <laughs> they were out bow hunting for elk near the Cerro de la Oya on Monday. This is kind of out in Santa Fe County. They were out bow hunting for elk, and all of a sudden they had a very strange encounter. So they get there on the 1st of September to the area they want to go hunting at. One guy kind of stays still in the camp, which is pretty normal. And then the other person went around to kind of survey and see what the uh, wildlife population was going to be like, what they were up against. And it's pretty, you know, rocky terrain. It's pretty uh, dangerous. You know, these guys are definitely men of the land, so they just kind of want to get a quick survey of what they were up against. And they said, you know, we're not a couple of guys that believe in all this kind of stuff, but we believe now. Brinkley's 41 years old, and I believe the other guy was, what did it say, 26, and they worked together. So on September 1st, the two men had gone a couple days earlier to kind of scout the area. Okay, so one guy goes out, and he's trying to keep an eye on, you know, the wildlife and look for, uh, for elk and whatnot. And he's crawling up to the top of this mountain, which actually used to be a volcano previously, and, you know, through the years of erosion and, and however that kind of rock stuff, you know. The mountaintop kind of sags down into a bowl shape. And so the guy goes up to the very top and he's kind of investigating this area when he happens to glance over. And on the other side of this big rocky bowl, he sees two creatures or two humanoids, rather, that he describes as being abnormally tall with abnormally large heads and what look to be big hoods covering their faces. And he's watching them and he can't see their legs, but he can see their torsos and they're kind of like a black color. They've got some shiny kind of clothing on. And in the middle of this oval-shaped detail on their chest, there's just this gray mass. And so he's really freaked out because he's like, you know, I'm a hunter. I know what's out here. I know what people look like. This is no animal and this is no person because their heads alone were way too big to be a human being or even a hunter at that. So he gets freaked the fuck out. And Brinkley hurries back to where Lucera was waiting to say, you know, there's no elk. But what Lucero said was strange is, you know, they're master hunters. They know how to make noise and how not to make noise. And normally mm -hmm. you creep back very slowly and you make your way very educatedly through the brush not to make too much noise. And he said Brinkley just, he's barreling through the forest, making his way back as quick as he can. He's a little weirded out and he tells him what he saw. He tries to keep it a secret, but that's just not something he can keep in. So he tells Lucero and they're both a little weirded out, but they decide to go ahead and stay there and camp out for the night. Wake up the next morning, everything is going great, and they start to make their way around again just to kind of survey the area. But they notice what's really strange, there's no wildlife in the area at all. They're not seeing many birds, they're not hearing a lot of noises of, you know, wildlife, and there sure as shit aren't any elk. And so the two kind of get a little nervous and they start to think, okay, maybe there's other hunters in the area, maybe riding four-wheelers or making a bunch of noise. So they got out in their Jeep and they decided to kind of prowl around the area and just do a quick survey for other hunters to see what the hell is scaring these animals off. And after about 10 minutes of driving around, they, and these, uh, sorry, a little backstory, they both work on movie sets. These guys are actually construction workers for movie sets. As they're driving around, they come across this great big white tent looking structure. And they said the thing had to have been at least 60 feet tall. And they think, holy shit, they must be filming a movie out here. Because off of this 60-foot tall structure, there's another super long, like, 1 to 200 foot long tunnel that runs off of it. Like, maybe they're making some kind of, like, street structure or they're filming, you know, an outside movie scene. 
So like, what the fuck? It looks like a giant igloo. So they get a little bit closer. They still can't see any discernible, you know, um, doors or anything like that. They can't hear any noises, but they can certainly see the structure. So they decide to kind of go around and circle this thing. So they drive around the trees, around the rocks and everything like that. They come back around. The thing's fucking gone. Wow. Yeah, they said they only lost sight of it for a matter of a few seconds, maybe 20, 30 seconds. It wasn't dusk. It was perfectly bright outside. They couldn't see anything of what they saw just seconds before. So not only did they run across two strange, you know, humanoid creatures, they also came across a really strange white structure out in the middle of nowhere. So they went back, and after discussing it, they went ahead and told the authorities what they saw. And they said, you know, the two aliens, you can say I imagined those. That's fine. I was by myself. I saw it. Lucera wasn't anywhere around. But the fact that they both saw this weird structure gives them a little bit more credence to their story. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Could be a close encounter of the fourth kind. Could be indeed. Well, Preston, I think that's a great place to transition back into the main topic, because you, sir, are talking about aliens as well. Yeah. Well, before we get started, let's give everybody a recap of what we talked about last time on episode 110. Previously on Pixelated Paranormal, when our trio of terror last met, Preston began to prepare us for our next journey into the unknown, the Star People. And aiding him in this journey, they began discussing Artie Sixcolor Clark and her series of books entitled Encounters with Star People, More Encounters with Star People, and More Scary Star People to Tell in the Dark. No, that's not right either. Sky People, Untold Stories. For decades now, campfire stories and folklore alike have told tales of the Star People an unknown race of entities said to have come down from the heavens to share with the Native Americans their deepest secrets of the universe. What exactly are star people? Did their secrets become lost like so many of the other disappearing Native American tribes? What were the mysterious giants that were said to have also visited and harmonized with the Indians? And is Preston indeed a space cowboy? These questions and many more will be most likely left unanswered tonight in Star People, Chapter 2. So in the past, we've talked about cattle mutilations. Who's doing it? Aliens, chupacabra, and just why do they need the stinky cow butthole skin? <laughs> well, listeners, it's not just cows those pesky star folks are abducting in the middle of the night. Sit back for our first story from Encounters with Star People, titled, The Man Who Shot an Alien. In this story, you'll meet an individual who firmly believed that a star traveler attempted to kidnap his dog. He also claimed that the star man frequently haunted his place of residence in an effort to catch him off guard so that he could steal his pet. The story starts off in Artie's office at the university. She's having a conversation with a young Native American lady named Susan. Behind her desk hangs the famous I Want to Believe posters from the X-Files. Susan's eyes can't seem to leave the poster as they talk. My granddad is known as the res on the reservation as the man who shot an alien, Susan said, as she sat across from Artie's desk. He would love that poster. Now, 
already knows that this is her end because giving gifts, receiving gifts, which is a sign of respect, that's the game to earn the elder's trust and getting the goods on the stories. So she rolls it up and hands it over. The next week, Susan's back in Artie's office to report uh, that her grandfather, Chauncey, not the Chauncey that we know, loved the poster. He told me to tell you that if you ever get to the reservation, stop by and see him. He wants to thank you personally. Ooh. In like Flynn, baby. <laughs> and little do we know that Artie has a box full of those posters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like Just candy and Halloween, baby. Is that, yeah, why Cha- yeah. Is, that, yeah. Is that why Chauncey wore my poster so bad? Because <laughs> I have that poster on my wall, Chauncey. <laughs> and you are Native American. Ooh, what? It's all connected. Maybe we're like we're experiencing a weird time traveler story. Maybe this it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> Maybe our Chauncey is this Chauncey. <laughs> Steven's a space cowboy. I am the space cowboy. Ca- I am the space cowboy. <laughs> uh. Anyways, Chauncey lived about 30 miles outside of the tribal headquarters on a remote piece of land a stone's throw away from the Canadian border. He was 88 at the time and would live until two days shy of his 90th birthday. He lived in the same two-room cabin where he had raised 11 children and buried four, according to the grave markers in the backyard. He lived off the land most of his life hunting rabbits, prairie chickens, and an occasional deer. He raised cattle while his children were home, but found them more bother uh, than what they were worth after they grew up and moved away. He had four hens that laid all the eggs he could eat, a cat to keep mice at bay, and a dog to warn him of interlopers. Now, Artie got the lowdown from his granddaughter on what he liked for treats, so to butter that biscuit, she stopped at the store on the way to his cabin and loaded a grocery stack with a bag of hard candy, a carton of Marlboro's, some Maxwell House coffee, a box of Twinkies, and several cans of Spam and Vienna sausages. After confirming the directions to his cabin with the store owner, she set out to meet the man who proved to be one of the most unforgettable people she had ever met. So she pulls up, and she's greeted by a big black dog named Blue Sun. And as she pulls open the door to the house, Chauncey rounds the corner with a shotgun in hand and says, You must be that university lady. Guilty. <laughs> okay, so I don't. <laughs> What's my motivation? What's my motivation for Artie? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't mean that's pretty good. I okay. mean, roll with it. Well, that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get. Anyways, he he says you're bringing any coke, oh. and Steve, that's Coca Cola, not cocaine. Oh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so by the time they shared a ham and cheese sandwich, several Oreo cookies, and two cokes. Chauncey was satisfied that had he not only met some of Artie's relatives at some period in time, but that she was possibly related to him in one way or another. This to him meant that he could talk openly with her, and after that, he offered to show Artie around the place. Now, in the back of his house was a private cemetery for family members, and as they walked past the small fenced-in vegetable garden, he stopped and pointed to the corner and said, That's where I shot him. You mean the alien? Maybe I should tell the truth, seeing as you're recording everything. I didn't shoot an alien, he began. Some of my grandkids like to make up stories, but I never shot one. It's kind of a joke within the family. I scared him, that's all. He was out back of the house when I first saw him. It was dark, but there was a full moon that night. I heard Blue Sun whining, so I got up, opened the door, and walked into the the yard. 
Blue Sun took off into the darkness barking. I caught a glimpse of the spaceman just as I came around the corner of the house. That's when I seen him. He was bent over Blue Sun, and at first I saw Blue was dead. But when I shot him or shot at him, he stood up, looked at me. He walked out of the shadows and through the light of the full moon. I was shocked at the sight of him. He was wearing a jumpsuit, some kind of like little kid pajamas. The fabric was dark, but when he moved, it gave off a funny light. Something like snow when it glistens at night when moonlight hits it. But both of us just stood there and looked at each other for a few seconds. When he came closer, I saw a patch on his right shoulder and a wide belt around his middle. It wasn't an ordinary belt, though, and said it was like a, the buckle there was circular, like a circular contraption of some sort. I was not expecting to see someone dressed like him out here in the middle of the night. Look at me! I'm a spaceman! (laughs) (laughs) So he saw Mork from Orcs. Now, at this point, Artie asked for more details, and, you know, can you, you know, what does he look like? Chauncey goes on to say, He was the slightest man I ever saw in my life. He looked like a ghost, but somehow he explained to me that he was from the stars. I understood that he meant no harm and that he was curious about Blue Sun, but he would never harm him. He had never seen a dog before. When the spaceman left, Blue Sun and I walked uh, walked him to his craft. It was a small thing, not big enough to travel among the stars. When I told him that, when I told him that, he said it was a small craft for exploring. There was a big one up there someplace. It was his base. Along the way, I ordered Blue Sun to heal, and it attracted the star man's attention. He asked me to repeat the order. When I did, he became interested. I showed him how Blue could sit, fetch fetch a stick, (laughs) roll over, play dead. With each trick, he seemed more curious than ever. When we reached his small craft, he pointed to Blue Sun and then his craft. That's when I realized he wanted my dog. I shook my head and rested my gun across my arms. And that motherfucker Lex. understood. So, <laughs> I'm like, that's crazy. I thought it was like the alien was like looking at him like, huh, it's just easy to control this beast. I'm more intelligent than you. So therefore, yeah. I can control you like this. Great. Sit. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all he needed to know. That's a I like how. <laughs> I like how there's just this nonverbal communication of like the alien is like, huh? Uh, and he's just like, and he's like, oh. shotgun, motherfucker. <laughs> and then the alien's like, oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, so what else can you tell me about the spaceman? I think he was no different than our astronauts who went to the moon. I had time to ponder his actions as time had passed. Do you think if our astronauts landed on another planet and found a friendly creature like Blue Sun that they would not try to bring it back to Earth? When the star man discovered that Blue was intelligent and could respond to orders, he was curious. Maybe they don't have dogs on their planet, and if they do, maybe no animal can be taught simple commands like dogs. Or maybe they don't even try, and when they discovered a planet where people love animals as much as humans, maybe it fascinated him. Uh, He was probably an anthro from outer space. And Steve, that's slang for anthropologist. Hmm. I didn't know that until I read it further in the story. Why does so. Steve get <laughs> like, a dummy? Go ahead. That's <laughs> great. Throw, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> we had to pick on somebody, and it's the I, guy in the back. I didn't seat, know what so. it meant. <laughs> like, <laughs> spell it out for me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Steve yeah. is the heel of this show. <laughs> of this melodrama. Eh? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Chauncey, 
Chauncey goes on to say that he had seen flying saucers or discs since he was a boy. They are common out here. Sometimes they fly in formation as though they're practicing. Other times they hover over the ground as if examining things or observing. All people have to do is watch the sky. They are out there and they are visiting us. I don't know what their purpose is. Maybe our government knows and is afraid to tell us. Maybe they regard humans as savages, pretty much the same way the white man regarded the Indian when he came to this land they called America. Burn. Two summers later, Chauncey... <laughs> yeah, burn. Oh. Two summers later, Chauncey passed away. After uh, the funeral, Blue Sons mourned his owners and laid atop the newly made grave. Chauncey's daughter Susan left the dog there so he could pay his respects to his owner. But the next day, when she returned to pick him up, the dog had disappeared. She spent hours looking for the dog, but no tracks or trace could be found. So she supposed he went off to the forest to lay down and die and be reunited with his master. But years later, when Artie heard tale of this part of the story, she couldn't help but wonder if the star man finally got that dog Damn. that he wanted. Wow. That's a great Ooh. story. Thanks for writing that in, Chauncey. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good story, though. That's really good. No, shit. Yeah, like, I got a little bit of goosebump there. She's all like, oh, he went off the forest. Man, that bitch didn't go up to the forest. That star man came and got that fucking dog. He's like, yeah, because uh, huh? old Chauncey, uh, old Chauncey's not there to flex with that shotgun. Yeah. So he's like, "Fucking, I'm taking that dog." You can imagine him coming down his little craft, and he sees a blue sun, and he thinks, "Okay, hang on a second, here, boy." And the dog takes <laughs> off coming towards him, and he's just like, "Yes, <laughs> I've been waiting." <laughs> like, what's crazy though is about that story is that is that that's like something you've never thought about before. I, I've never thought yeah. about like an alien coming to this earth. They investigate humans, and then they see like a beast. And they're like, this thing's so much less intelligent than a human. Why do they have affection towards it? And I bet they can communicate communicate with the dog through telepathic ways, whatever, the same yeah. as they can humans. Yeah. So they can see, like, what, hear, see what a dog's thinking, whatever. And I guess a really unique aspect to it, like, at their planet, do they have some kind of different yeah. beast that yeah. that they just like look at as like just oh it's just another creature on the earth like or not earth but their, their planet and like it's just, yeah it's, it's really fauna on the planet yeah, yeah. it's a really cool aspect yeah. to think about and I've never thought about it before it's a good story it's like one of those lighter hearted episodes of Twilight Zone where there's nothing scary <laughs> it's just like a really nice you know just. Yeah. Sweet story. <laughs> a filler. Yeah. And it makes you kind of think, like, now, like, I don't want to take my dogs out without me because, like, maybe, like, the spaceman is going to try to steal my dog because, you know, Bruce is a pretty cool dog. So, like, yeah. I'm going to flex with my gun outside, like, back off, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny is we Luna is five years old, and one of us has taken her out every single time we've taken her outside. For five years. That's crazy. For five years, yeah. I've been taking my dog out every single day. You've already had that dog five years. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's gross. Yeah. But maybe that's why we have such a special bond, too, where, like, I can't do anything without her, you know, sitting on my lap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, man. Hit us with hit us with number two. Wait, hold on. You yeah. make it sound like taking your dog out is the only thing you do for that dog's special attention. <laughs> that dog is spoiled as shit. <laughs> And when he's like, I'll take my dog out every single night, every day of about the last five years. How about you tell everybody the rest of the shit you do every day for that dog? For yeah. the last How five about years? like when we try to video game, you spend like 30 minutes saying up, up, up. And she looks at you like, nope, motherfucker, pick me up. And after 40 minutes of you saying up, up, up. Okay, hang on. No, she doesn't look at me. 
She doesn't look at me like, what motherfucker? She looks at me like, I'm short and pudgy and I can't jump on the couch. <laughs> and I'm looking at her like, you better learn how. They have this like little stepping stool, like, like not a stepping stool, but like four different things leading up to the couch for her to get up. <laughs> <laughs> we do have like a little uh, a cloth footstool. It's like a bean bag. That uh, is just a little bit lower than the couch, and now she can jump on. How about leaving a trail of kibble, leaving a trail of kibble so she can eat? (laughs) No, what you were saying, Steve, is the other thing. I think it's adorable. Maybe I'm just fucking (laughs) just completely trained by my dog. But okay, so when we brought her home, we brought her home the day you could legally take home a puppy. So whatever that is, like eight eight weeks in one day, let's call it. And brought her home and we walked into the house and I'm like okay I want to make sure she knows she has to pee outside I want to make sure she knows where her food and water is so like I put food in the bowl walked her over to it and she just walked away so for like hours I'm like you just you need to eat I know you're hungry so finally I made a trail like E.T. you know Elliot and E.T. I took her food and left a little trail of like 10 pieces of food across the floor to where she was laying down and so she got up and ate every individual piece and it led her to her bowl and she ate her food so maybe for the last five years, um, I may still make that trail for her almost every single night. <laughs> That's crazy. And what's cute, too, is, like, the dog will eat. If she's hungry enough, she'll eat. But, like, if she's not starving, I'll put food in her bowl, and I'll sit down and watch TV or whatever. And she'll walk over, and, like, she'll stare at me. And she's not a very audible dog, so if I just ignore her, she'll scratch three times on the coffee table. And that means, hey, get up and make me that trail of food. And so she, I, time, I timed her one time. She scratched for 30 minutes Wow! on the side of the couch as I tried to ignore her. Finally, I got up, made a trail, and boom. She eats every piece one by one by one until she gets to the food bowl, and then she eats all the food. God. It's <laughs> yeah. true. I've seen it. Yeah. So I don't seen it. I seen it with my own eyes. Yeah, she's spoiled. <laughs> she's a sweetheart, though. Okay, presto, back to you. All right, so let's move on to star travelers, all right? We've talked about star people, but star travelers. Star travelers are persons who claim to experience contact with extraterrestrials, but unlike those who have earthly experience or abductions aboard spacecraft, star travelers are individuals who willingly journey through the universe with star people. Typically, they maintain they've been given messages, warnings, or profound bits of wisdom by the extraterrestrials. These claims, uh, these claimed encounters are often described as outgoing, but some claim to have had only a single encounter. They generally describe pleasurable or beneficial experiences involving human-like aliens and often consider themselves as chosen to spread a message from a benevolent, advanced extraterrestrial civilization. So let's talk about Billy. Artie goes on to say, I grew up with Billy. By the time I graduated from college, Billy was a struggling but talented songwriter who dreamed of being a famous country music singer. Even then, everyone was aware that his alcohol problem was a major hindrance. Despite his substance abuse, he occasionally played in local bars catering to Indian clientele. His celebrity grew when he came to the attention of well-known artists who had a particular interest in American Indian issues. She invited Billy to her opening act on a year-long tour throughout the Americas, Australia, and Europe. Thereafter, despite his drinking, his career skyrocketed, and over the years, he became a popular recording artist and even went to Hollywood and appeared in minor roles in a couple of movies. The last time I saw Billy, he was was the performing artist at an American Indian art show in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
He had a one-hour late-morning performance and a one-hour matinee performance for the three-day event. After his first performance, I caught up with him. While I had not seen Billy for several years, the bond between us remained strong, and we spent the afternoon talking about old acquaintances and reliving events from the past. Billy goes on to say, I should have listened to you years ago. ago. If I had listened, I could have done a lot more with my life. I met a woman from Colorado eight years ago. She had convinced me to go to treatment. Afterwards, we moved to Albuquerque, and she helped me stay sober. It's been years now, but the alcohol has taken a toll. I'm not, I'm not that old, but I feel like an old man some days. I don't tour anymore. I play some national Indian events, but mostly I just play here in Albuquerque and Indian casinos in Colorado, Montana, and the Dakotas. I like playing art shows. They are alcohol-free, and I get to see a lot of old friends. The sale of my albums have been good, but I'm working on a new one. I have loyal fans. They encourage others to buy my music, and it's enough to live on. So Artie goes on to ask if he thought about using his music to teach people about the perils of drug and alcohol abuse. He responds that he has a bigger mission with his music, and they can discuss it over dinner at his place. So we're going to fast forward five hours. Artie's sitting on his couch, and he's strumming his guitar. Mm. That's not sexual, okay? That's just, <laughs> I just I'm like, point which that music out. do I interject here? <laughs> yeah. Did you know Black Elk carried a stone from a UFO experience with him his whole life? Black Elk was actually at the Battle of Little Bighorn when he was 13 and was present at the Battle of Wounded Knee in 1890. Can we just go on the record to say that Native American names are dope as hell? Like They have they the, cool, yeah. <laughs> the coolest names ever. <laughs> And can we go on to say this is actually the origin story of country music singer Billy Gilman? <laughs> is it? <laughs> no, Billy Gilman was like one of those 10-year-olds. <laughs> he was like a 10-year-old blonde boy that sang country music in like the late 90s. Oh. Could be his story. <laughs> Could be. So one time I went to Pine Ridge, I was asked to entertain at the casino there. They still tell the story about a time when Black Elk was visiting his con- cousin Benjamin. He was in a sweat lodge when, according to Benjamin's family, a circular craft came out of the sky and hovered over it. Suddenly, a stone penetrated the closed door and landed between Black Elk's feet. He picked up the stone, but he had to complete the sweat lodge ceremony before he could leave. By the time he was able to leave the lodge, the spacecraft was gone. Black Elk carried that stone with him the rest of his life with the vision of bringing together all people of the four directions, red, white, black, and yellow. While I was in Pine Ridge, I met a holy man on the reservation who reminded me of Black Elk. For a while, he was disappointed in Black Elk because he converted to Christianity. But despite his conversion, Black Elk still carried the rock, and he still used the sacred pipe. He told me that when he lit his sacred pipe, Black Elk would laugh and call his pipe tamper an antenna for contacting the star people. Black Elk believed the star people came to Earth hundreds of thousands of years ago from Sirius and the Pleiades. He called them the ancestors of the people. Black Elk and the Medicine Man on Pine Ridge were the inspiration for my new album. I have been working on it for almost a year now. I have completed most of the songs. I just had to get them recorded. The album is like a long narrative poem. Each song builds upon the next to tell a story of my contact with our star people. I have been in contact with the star people. They have taken me with them to other worlds. Just like Black Elk, I have seen a new world a world they have made for us. During my journeys, I have been shown the fate of Mother Earth. It will be destroyed. The star people contacted me and told me to warn the people through my music to get ready. 
because when the day of destruction nears, the Indian people will be taken in spaceships from this earth. Our star brothers will come for us and take us away to another planet where we can live as we once did, free of prejudice, disease, poverty, and alcohol. Just as the Indians were brought here to Mother Earth by the star people, they will take us away from the dying earth when we can live like free people again. About a year ago, I met a Hopi elder who told me the day was coming when Mother Earth will be at war and the bombs will cause earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. He said their prophecies predict Mother Earth will be shaken and eventually destroyed. He believed when this happened, a spacecraft would arrive to take the Hopi to another planet. He said after all this occurs, the next world will begin and the Hopi will lead the people out of darkness. So you mentioned the star people will take all the Indians to another world. What does this planet look like? I saw it. It was just like Mother Earth, but it was the Mother Earth of ancient times. There was wildlife, fruit trees, seer, or clear streams, wooded mountains, and fields of flowers. What do the aliens look like who took you on this trip? Well, like you and me, they were our brothers and sisters who came to this land at the beginning of time. They started life on this planet, and at one point, the original space travelers left. They will be coming again, but this time they will come to help us leave this planet. The deadlights. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a lot like the, uh, oh, what do they call that in Christianity or whatever it is? The uh, rapture. Thank you. The second coming. I almost called it the Rasputin, and that's not the truth. <laughs> the Rasputin. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, Rasputin. <laughs> oh. How will they take all of us? There are over 2 million of us scattered all over this planet. 10 million, maybe more, if you count all the people who claim Indian heritage. Will they take the Indians from the South America too, or Mexico? Do we have to meet at some particular location? They know where every Indian on Mother Earth lives, regardless of the tribe. They will not leave anyone behind who is already willing or behind who is ready and willing to go. The first song on the album tells the people to get themselves ready because soon our ancestors will come. Heaven's gate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Artie finishes the story with this. During the next few months, my travels took me from Alaska to Hawaii and from one coast to the next. On one of my trips, I returned home to find a package from Billy. He had sent me a pre-release copy of his album, which was aptly named The Voyage. True to his description, the album began with the sound of a spacecraft arriving and ended with the spacecraft leaving the gravity of Earth. The tracks were aptly titled, The Appearance, The Exodus. The songs themselves, however, were different. They were not what Billy had told me, nor did the album contain the song he had sang for me that night in Albuquerque. While the melody was the same, the lyrics had been changed, and the journey he described was, was one to the spirit world, not to another planet. I wondered what had happened to, to the songs Billy told me about and the one he sang for me that night, but I never got the chance to ask him because in 2001, I ran into a mutual friend of ours in Salt Lake City Airport. He had told me Billy had died. Psoriasis had claimed him at 47. Psoriasis on the liver. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get psoriasis on your liver. <laughs> Damn. Eh, whatever. Although he had turned his life around, it was too late. He could not repair the damage he had done to his body. Damn. What is the Damn. what is this music again? Can you get it anywhere? I don't know. I tried to like Google it and like I I typed in, you know, The Voyage, you know, the album The Voyage and it like came up with like some disco band from the 70s. Um uh, so like I looked up Native American uh, you know, artist and the one that fits the closest is like Bill Miller. 
but it doesn't show that Bill Miller died at all. Like he's still around. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to know uh, what the album is so I can download yeah, it and have dope. like a spiritual yeah. journey. Yeah, it sounds hella cool. Hell yeah, yeah. These are some unique stories, man. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it early. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then you shit the bed with the last story. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a tool song. Oh. Oh. All right. So the story of Sam. This is going to be our last one for the evening. Sam was a respected elder in his community and was well known for his traditional knowledge. He worked in the school as a surrogate grandfather counseling troubled youth. One Friday in late May 2005, Artie stopped by the school and learned that Sam had suffered a mild stroke. Following a short hospital stay, he began recuperating at home. The principal thought he might enjoy a short visit and gave Artie the directions to his home and a stack of get well cards from the students. Some friendly chit chat and how you do's and some turkey sandwiches, Sam began his story. Do you believe in spirits? Have you ever met an Indian who didn't believe in spirits? That's true. Do you believe in angels? Well, Sam, let's put it this way. I've never met one. Do you believe when God created the universe that he put life on Mother Earth? No, Sam. I believe, I know, there is life out there. The old ones knew that too. Our ancestors knew a lot more about the universe than anyone has acknowledged. I have something I want to show you. So Sam, he pulled back the blanket on his lap and he held up a bundle. My dick. <laughs> yeah. My dick in a box. Oh, Grandpa. My grand. <laughs> oh. I'm not your My daddy, I'm your grandpa. <laughs> Got a whole mess of popsicles down here for you, boy. <laughs> oh. Oh. And this is when the story went to shit. <laughs> Uh, My grandfather gave me this when I was a boy. He was almost 90 90 years old at the time. I was six or seven. So he unwraps an object and handed it over to Artie. And it it basically is what looked like a petrified heart. Where did your grandfather get this? From his grandfather when he was a boy. How old do you think it might be? Eh, Maybe a thousand year. How do you know? Have you ever had it tested? I don't trust the university people, present company excluded. They think they know everything. Their minds are closed to the truth. What is a truth, Sam? This is the heart of a star traveler. If you look closely, you will see that it's not quite like a human heart. So in her hands, uh, she's got this petrified heart with five chambers and three aortic and three ventricle valves. Sam goes on to say that the star people have hearts that are slightly different from ours. They beat much slower, too. Did your grandfather or his grandfather or his grandfather ever tell you why they left Earth? They were here until the white man came. They knew the white man was coming to this land. They warned us and suggested we leave this planet. Many spaceships came to take the people away. Some of the people went back to the stars to live. Many were strong-willed and stubborn and decided to stay behind. They believed they could resist the white man since they knew he was coming. They would have the advantage of surprise, but it was not so. The white man's weapons were greater, their words stronger, their numbers bigger. Some of the people even believed them to be gods and chose them over their own people. Our ancestors from the stars never came back to save us. We were left to our own destiny. Have you ever seen star people? I have traveled throughout the stars. There are many worlds out there. They come and they take me to their world. I do not fear death because I know what is waiting for me out there. Life does not end with death of this body. It is just the beginning. 
So have you ever heard of star people abducting people or taking them against their will? I have heard. I don't understand how on one hand, if they are our relatives, why they would kidnap people and take them against their will. There are many different groups of star people, my child. There are many planets out there that have life. Some of them look human. Some of them are like human, but not quite so. And some of them are not human at all. There are as many type of star people as there are worlds that support life. Some are more advanced than us. Some worlds have cultures with no advanced knowledge. Do you mean no technology? Yes. They live like our ancestors live. They live by hunting, fishing, and gathering wild foods. Have you seen these worlds? Some of them, but only from a distance. Much like looking down from the window of a low-flying plane, but in this case, it was a flying saucer. What about the ones who abducted people and performed medical tests against their will? The ancestors avoid them. They are no longer humans. They've intentionally bred from their race the ability to feel love, compassion, and pain, all emotions. They believed it would make for a better world. One without emotions could lead to greater advancement. In other words, a race of psychopaths? That is probably the reason why the ancestors avoided them, but there are others too who have lots of advancements, but they mostly observe. They say there are in, there is a law in the universe of non-interference. And Artie went on to say that although I rarely got to Denver, I called Sam a couple times each year. He remained clear-headed and alert until his death at 97. Wow. He told me that since he had no grandson, he had taken the Star Traveler's heart and buried it at the Sand Creek Massacre site. Wow. Well, boys, so let's go digging. Get... <laughs> yeah, let's go digging, boys. And so that is the photo you sent us a picture of then? So I looked up on Google petrified heart to get an idea of what a petrified heart would look like. Uh, okay. And that was the best photo of a petrified heart. So you could kind of get an idea of what she was looking at. Yeah, oh. that's pretty sick. That's nuts. Yeah. Damn. I'm a little saddened by the fact that we have to stop at three stories. I'm like, keep this shit going. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, bro. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. what's fascinating to me is like that was pretty much the same exact uh, description of the behavior of those classic, you know, alien greys being completely, you know, devoid or, or void of any uh, emotion and the fact that they bred themselves clear out of their actual race and now maybe they're yeah. trying to uh, abduct humans again to maybe interbreed again and get closer to that. Oh shit, Jerry, we fucked up. <laughs> There's an <laughs> accent. Hey, and kudos for not having a really embarrassing Native American yeah. <laughs> impersonation tonight. Yeah, no sin. <laughs> I stopped dog with gun. Wow, there it is. <laughs> yep, there it is. Shit. Well, hell yeah, dude. I want a part three. And you know what? Like, such a topic is, I mean, okay, so does this wrap it up, or do you? is there a conclusion that might be next episode, or what do you think? Dude, there's like 24 chapters that are broken down into like, you know, Star Travelers, so there's a couple uh, chapters on Star Travelers, mm -hmm. and then there's like a couple chapters on um, Native American soldiers and their experiences. There's like one about Vietnam. Um, there are just like random encounters of people driving down like the Alaskan Highway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, literally, we've just scratched the surface with just these three stories. Hell yeah. So. Dude, that's awesome. So I don't want to downplay the fact that Thieves in the Night is not what I thought it was because it is genuinely a fantastic book. But it sounds like Artie has put together, Artie Six Killer Clark has put together more of a, uh, you know, 
I don't know what you want to say, book of stories, book of tales of all these encounters. Yeah. And this is awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Well, we we want more. Well, you're going to get it, baby. To quote Britney Spears, <laughs> give me more. Hell yeah. <laughs> give me, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> well, okay, so I guess that's, that's a place to put a pin in it, so to speak, and uh, wrap things up for this episode. But yeah, dude, good job. I really, really like where this yeah. is going. Thank you. Yeah. So as 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 Daddy's driving, then so to speak, <laughs> do you want to skip it next episode and then pick it back up on episode uh, one fourteen? Yeah, let's do that to yeah. be on the safe side. That way, I have time to kind of uh, kind of pick the best stories that go. I can find. So oh, yeah, I want to hear about some of those Native American soldiers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a story, and I've tried to find it, and just it's too hard to find now on the internet. But there's a story of a U.S. Uh, soldier who was in a recent war, maybe Desert Storm or something to that effect. But it was on an episode of Sightings from back in the '90s, and this uh, this soldier is out in the middle of a war field and or a battlefield, and he's injured severely, like bleeding out in multiple places, and he's just like making peace with the world and just like, oh well, damn it, like this is this is how I go out. Saw some bright lights, and next thing you know, in the middle of this field, there's a couple of these strange looking creatures, and they move very fast. They're very quick, so he only gets like a glimpse out of his periphery every once in a while. But they're short in stature, gray skin, big oval eyes, um, ovoid-shaped heads. And they're just like basically patching him up. And he's like so out of it at this point from loss of blood. He thinks they might be like doctors or maybe doctors from the opposite, you know, forces. And anyway, next thing you know, he wakes up and he's in the infirmary and he's bat, you know, patched up. And the doctor's talking to him like, hey, man, you know, we found you just in time. You're pretty bruised up, but it looks like, you know, the field paramedic got to you first, but we couldn't find him to thank him. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's this really weird, real skinny guy. And, like, he looked kind of funny. And, you know, I thought it might have been, you know, one of the opposite troops or whatever. And then come to find out, so the story goes, when they x-rayed his body, he had one extra organ in his body that doctors could not identify. So, and I forget the rest of the details, oh. so forgive me for that. But it's a story I really want to track down. And it's one that I want to look more into, you know, the idea of uh, paranormal encounters from soldiers. Uh, you yeah, know, so to speak. So, you know, if we if if you track that down and find it, that would be a good time for me to interject the story about Charlie, the um, irradiated horse. <laughs> range four Charlie. Because that, yeah, because that deals with a uh, uh, soldier. Is it range four so. Harry? Oh, yeah. Range four Harry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, that'd be cool. That's a good one, too. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Well, hell yeah, man. Uh, excellent job. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Well, we, we really hit, uh, you know, what we were watching at the beginning of the show, Preston. What are you watching? Anything you want to recommend? Um, no, I mean, not really. Uh, it, we're, you know, we went back and uh, we're finishing Hannibal because um, we didn't finish it all the way through. So we're going back, finishing that up. I finished Wormwood. Um, I bought the kids the new Aladdin live action um, that came out from Guy Ritchie. Oh, yeah. Um, not a fan of that at oh, all. No. Uh, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't my cup of tea. Not even. Um, never had a friend like me. Um, you know, you know what? As much as people complained about Will Smith, um, I I thought Will Smith was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, that. I think that going from Robin Williams in the animated, um, who can you get live action? I thought Will Smith, um, you know, awesome job. 
Um, he was kind of the highlight of that movie. Um, some of the other songs, if you actually go back and watch that, like the timing was a little bit off. Like when Aladdin was singing in the streets uh, about being a street rat, it's like they were trying to like kind of rush that song. And so there were some times where the song was like super speedy huh. and it just felt awkward. And then like Princess Jasmine, um, she so she's not. Arabic at all in real life. Um, she's a British lady who's got um, Hindu. Her mother was uh, in Indian, so she's got some uh, Hindu descent. So it's kind of like, well, I mean, brown is kind of brown, so we'll just, you know, she's close enough. She can sing, and that's what we're really looking for. So I thought casting-wise for her, they could have done a better job. But then the songs that they gave for her, like, you know, when we talked about um, Stranger Things, how, like, all the social issues that they brought up were not forced in that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, they tied it in so well that they actually made you care about those issues. It really fit well with the story. Like, her songs in that movie were, like, very kind of forced down your throat. Like, I'm a woman. I'm not going to shut up. And it was just a little bit too over the top for me. I'm like, these these songs like weren't in the original and they're a little too popish. Like mm. guys can take your propaganda out of the Walt Disney movie. Uh, so I it wasn't it wasn't for me, dog. It's gonna be a no. I, I, I see what you're saying on that. Because we even with like yeah. live action Lion King, uh they did an original song. I think Beyonce did. And it just it it's not that it's a bad song. It's just that it's you know it's not in the original, so it stands out so much more. And it's did not, she it sing yeah. a song called "All the Single Lions"? <laughs> no. All the single lions, all the single lions. <laughs> but oh, yeah. back the fuck up. But yeah, so I yeah I, I see what you I see what you're saying. I enjoyed it, but it's definitely not like a movie that I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go fucking go crazy and go yeah rush i liked it a lot i did agree some of the songs were a little goofy and like kind of like what the hell oh it's filler i get it yeah 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 and i i liked uh, i wish iago had a little bit more dialogue um, right right because like they gave him that where like the ability to speak and he kind of half-ass spoke but it's like yeah you guys could have done a little bit better so. right right yeah okay fair enough how many boykins out yeah. of five um, I'd give it like two and a half boinkins. Okay, there you go. And then we also bought Dark Phoenix, and um, that was about a that was about a three boinkin. You know, <laughs> I still want to watch it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'll still see it. Is that on the old Voodoo account? Yep, that's on the old Voodoo account. Nice. Speaking of Voodoo, Voodoo, um, Voodoo. So like, it's like a fucking black hole, dude. You have to be very careful. The scan in the disc to digital. Oh my god! Oh yeah, dog. So basically, I just go to my shelf and I'm like, "Hmm, I need a greatest hits catalog." <laughs> so I grab the Blu-rays off my shelf, scan it, and every movie is two bucks. Every movie, every fucking movie. So, um, been going there and getting like all my favorites that I that I I watch regularly. So I just have them digital too. It's pretty tight. I guess got thirty days a night the other night. Ooh, Breakfast Club, uh, Step Brothers. Can't remember. There's a couple other ones. But yeah. Yeah, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, like uh, Gangs of New York, shit like that. But yeah, I just I fucking love it. I love it so much. I don't like paying for shit I've already paid for. I look at it as a lot of these movies I don't pay full price for. I buy mm. them used, so if they don't have the code. I don't mind paying two extra two bucks. If oh, I pay I three, four bucks for a movie, 
couple yeah. extra bucks on top of that. Don't give a fuck. There you go. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what is another equally uh, absorbing black hole, and that's going to be the next topic I'm going to spring on you guys. Next episode, I'm going Haunted eBay. Ooh. You guys ever done that before? Uh-uh. That glorious uh, black hole. I've, I've like I've tried to buy some haunted items off of eBay, and then was sadly disappointed when they weren't haunted. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I want to go on the next topic. So we want to go with a lighter, easier uh, listening episode next time to give you time to prep. You know your your, your next hurrah. So yeah, yeah. whilst uh, Shayla and I were in Kansas City last night after she passed out. I jumped on eBay and just started looking up haunted artifacts, and uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to kind of go over. Interesting, and who knows what else will happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, where's cool, the... Cool. Tight, tight. Cool. All right, man. Well, guys, who's... let's get out of here. Check out Mark's solo show, Pixelated Sausage. Check out his video game reviews, Attack the Backlog. Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast ever? Sports Cars Unleashed, mm-hmm. where if you're not first, your last. As always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard because you don't have a shotgun to fend off an alien from stealing your dog, <laughs> check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and grow yourself a big, manly, facial bush thing. Because that, my friends, will get the ladies, it will scare off the aliens, and at the same time, you'll smell fantastic with scents like citrus, fresh, Dundee cedar, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Classic, Mint. There's so much that you can get. Bombs, oils, combs, and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. Boom. Boom. Get it all and get it at Dobbs. Nice. And check out Gunslinger Soap. Our friends over at Gunslinger Soap make some pretty wonderful smelling soap. And then check out our Instagram, guys, PXL Paranormal. That's where all the companion photos go for all the episodes. We don't do them for all the episodes, but we do them for most of them. And also, if nothing else, jump on there or jump on our Twitter. I think that's PXL Paranormal too, or Facebook. Check out the new logo, folks. Boom. Whoop, whoop. Maybe should have started off with that in the beginning, but we <laughs> after three years, we have our new logo up and running. It's pretty fucking dope, man. Good job. Thanks. I'm I'm very proud of it, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And t-shirts are uh, coming soon. We've had requests for some merch, so we're going to start cranking that out, starting off with some official pixelated paranormal t-shirts. And we might keep the original logo around for some retro stuff. You know, it is the uh, it is the retro logo, we'll call that. Uh, but yeah, we have a new logo we're rocking and rolling with. Hopefully, it should update on... Uh, iTunes soon. Have you guys seen? Has it updated yet for you guys? Mm, check if it's done it on Spotify. Over on old iTunes. Yeah, still showing up as the original, but that might take a minute to get approved. I don't know. I'll follow up on that soon. But hell yeah, Steve, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not really. You got the you got the ones that I was gonna talk about. And uh, check me out on uh, Xbox. We've been playing a lot of the new Skiers of War. It's oh, really yeah. fun. And new Borderlands coming out Friday. Whoop whoop. So yeah, you for sure. It's gonna be a good time. Oh yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah, and, you and know, I'm off Saturday, so I can binge play that Friday night. Ooh, girl, I have to work mm. Saturday. But you're gonna binge play it anyways, and just not get any sleep. Mm. That doesn't sound good at all. Oh, you know what? I won't be playing Friday. You know why? Because at the what? drive-in in Wichita this weekend, 
they are playing a triple feature Jason marathon Friday the 13th part two part three and then followed up by part four only Damn, slap my ass and call me so I'll do it again I've done it before <laughs> uh only thirteen dollars a carload so that is what I will be doing Friday night buddy mm-hmm. and yeah. somebody I know has his full Jason costume he just got the final piece today oh no so shit. if he was to go to that on Friday. So what would be funny, Steve, Jason. is they're showing it chapter two at the drive-in Friday night. If you showed up and hands <laughs> Pennywise, I watched it for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Wrong, wrong screen, wrong screen. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Fuck yeah! All right, well, guys, thank you so much for listening. And I like to—I'm going to start signing off a little something too, Preston. I like to say, "Cheers to all the weird shit in the world and those of us who like to talk about it." Indeed. And with that. Stay spooky, stay on the paranormal highway. And with that, we love your little petrified hearts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll catch you all next time. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.